This week, we're talking to Startup TNT about their highlights from the past year and how they got to where they are today. Plus, Startup Edmonton welcomes its fifth Propel cohort, and Norquest College's Machine Learning Analyst Program is aiming to close the machine learning skill gap. Hi, I'm Emily Rendell-Watson. And I'm Faiza Ramji, and this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. All right, so for today's episode, we have Zach Storms with us, co-founder of Startup TNT. And Startup TNT has just released its annual report for 2021, which included highlights like raising more than $3.6 million across seven investment summits with 26 companies funded, and partnering with Foresight Canada to raise $660,000 at their inaugural Cleantech Investment Summit as well. And they just hired four people in the past four months. So tons of growth there, and we're going to hear all about it and how they've built Startup TNT into what it is today. Hey, Zach. Hey, Emily. Hey, Fiza. Great to be here. Great to have you. Thanks for joining us. Um, So, Zach, we'll start with an easy one. Um, Maybe for people who aren't familiar with Startup TNT and all the amazing things you do over there, can you give us a little, you know, a little bit of the headlines? What is Startup TNT? Fundamentally, Startup TNT is a community of entrepreneurs, scientists, and investors that get together to have fun, make friends, and build companies. It's as simple as that. We started with a happy hour about two and a half years ago, and we've been meeting together every single Thursday for now 145 weeks. TNT stands for Thursday Night Tradition, so that's our roots, and it's just about bringing people together to form genuine, lasting relationships, people from all across the innovation community, scientists, entrepreneurs, investors, social innovators, all types of people. And we run these investment summits, which are formal programs where we simultaneously raise money for local startups and train and introduce new investors to angel investing. And we try to increase the level of sophistication in our investment community and the number of investors that are comfortable making angel investments. So you've really built Startup TNT into a cornerstone of the innovation ecosystem in the prairies. I've obviously been been part of some of your events over the last couple of years, and it's been really amazing to watch how much you've grown, not only Startup TNT, but also the ecosystem and the people, how much they've been able to grow their own companies from, from everything that you've done. So how do you actually do it? I've always been curious, like, what's the business model for Startup TNT itself and, and how you've grown it to what it is now? Yeah, you know, this, this question reminds me of a, of a statement I made in the annual report, which is building a company should be the most exhilarating experience of your life as an entrepreneur. And building Startup TNT over the last two and a half years has absolutely been the most exhilarating experience of my life on a professional level. Uh, And I'm really thankful for that. And I think that, you know, I very much view our trajectory and our path as a startup journey, uh, you know, of our own. Our philosophy has been from the beginning, like, let's just start making things happen. And once we prove out that there is a need and a demand for what we're doing, we will start to figure out the business model. Um, and so I really think that we're taking like a lean startup approach. You know, we're prototyping, we're trying things out on a small scale, we're just getting going, we're getting feedback, um, and we're learning from our mistakes, and we're improving and we're iterating and we're and we're turning out some really awesome events and products now, uh, two years later. It's really been sort of like a, a get things done first attitude. We can do it. We don't need to wait around for other people to do it for us. We can do it as a startup community, uh, as an investment community, and we can just go out there and get that. Um, (laughs) I didn't really answer the details of our business model, but would you like to learn more? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Well, I think like I'm curious to know in terms of 
you know, obviously you've hired four people in the last four months. Like there are other people who work for Startup TNT. In terms of the viability of of it as a business, you've obviously been immensely successful at helping folks raise money. But what makes it Startup TNT itself work? Like when it comes to finances, for example. So, okay. So Startup TNT is incorporated federally as a not-for-profit. And so we're just over two years ago, we incorporated. You know, we really had this philosophy from the beginning that we can just bring the right people together. We can rely on volunteers. We can rely on various donations and maybe even grants at some point in the future to do the types of economic development activities that we think should be happening in our ecosystem. You know, and I'm really happy, Emily, to say that a number of funding bodies have taken a look at us and said, we like what you're doing and we want to keep funding you. So the Edmonton Regional Innovation Network has given us a few grants. Prairies Can, or for, actually before they were Prairies Can, Western Economic Diversification gave us a $50,000 grant as part of the uh, economic stimulus funding. They had a bunch of money. We actually kind of lucked out about this. They had a bunch of funding where they were looking to introduce a bunch of uh, money into the ecosystem very quickly to stimulate activity when the pandemic first hit. And we were one of the many organizations that was a beneficiary of that. It, but that helped us build a little bit of credibility uh, among the funding bodies. So we are in the midst of securing funding from multiple levels of government. I can't say anything publicly about it yet, but because it's not all finalized, but we're in the process of securing some funding that would basically allow for grants to cover a significant portion of our revenue. Meanwhile, we're building out more and more corporate sponsors. So our goal is to get you know over $100,000 in corporate sponsorship over the next 12 months. And then the investors contribute as well. When the investors participate, they put in a little extra money to go towards program and administration costs for the uh, the investment vehicle. So those those are the main ways that uh, we make money at the moment. So in terms of how how much it's actually grown, was the plan for it ever to get this big and actually grow into you know a startup itself? Well, you know the plans evolved quickly because when we first launched this, <laughs> um, I was purely just thinking from like an Edmonton perspective. Yes, and I've talked to you about this before too. Yeah, bringing investors together, like, let's create an awesome ecosystem here in Edmonton. Let's get more angel investors involved. You know, let's invest in, in awesome deals coming out of Edmonton. Let's all work together to do that. Um, and I wanted to meet other people through the happy hour to help me do that. And one of the first people I met was Tim Lin, uh, who I met like week six. And he's now the co-founder of Startup TNT, the actual organization. He's helped us build it into like a real professional organization, especially the investment summits and the deal screening process that we use. Um, and pretty early on, it became clear that there was an opportunity to think bigger than just Edmonton. So I definitely started with like an Edmonton mindset. But within a few months, I would say I already started thinking like, wow, I think that there, we might be onto something here. I think things are moving faster than I thought. Like I, I remember listening back to other like sophisticated investors that would talk about, you know, when do you know that your company has product market fit? And it's like the phone's going off the hook and like things are just going better than you thought and you're having trouble keeping up with it. And that's actually how I felt at Startup TNT in, some, in those early days, like in the first six months. It was the first two to three months, it was a lot of work getting the happy hour started. But then once it kind of hit some momentum, it was just like things are happening. Pieces are coming together. People want to partner. Everybody's just kind of buying into the, the philosophy that we have. And it just started snowballing. And then honestly, when the pandemic hit and we all had to go virtual, that became a really unique opportunity to do exactly what we're doing at Edmonton across multiple jurisdictions because no one can leave their house. We're all meeting online. So we can run one virtual happy hour. We can run multiple investment summits simultaneously without having to leave our house, which frankly, I spent way too much time on Zoom, but it definitely allowed us to expand more quickly. 
um, and it, and actually taught us all how to do this. I think more efficiently, you know, across multiple regions. Zach, you talk a little bit about how the pandemic helped you guys, both in terms of you know, being able to inject some capital really quickly from government funding, but also scaling a little quicker because you can do things virtually. And, you know, in some ways you used a lot of that to your benefit, which I think is really smart. Um, But when I think about Startup TNT, it definitely is creating this like wave within the ecosystem and within the prairie startup companies, which is great that that's been missing for a while. But hearing you talk about the different ways that you make revenue and the dependence a little bit on the government funding for for some of that scalability, how do you think Startup TNT is different or will do differently than things like perhaps Startup Edmonton in the past that, you know, started also with kind of this grassroots community bringing people together aspect, but then weren't really able to scale up? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, one of the things that I think is our key differentiator is the focus on building out the investment community and the sophistication of the investors locally. There aren't many other groups that have such a focus on that. You have formal angel groups, you know, which are very important and will run like a monthly forum where they'll bring investors together um, and invest in, in great local deals or great deals across the country. But we really focused on investor training you know, as, as some have described it, we're like an on-ramp for a new angel investor. And if you look at a lot of our programming, like if you look at the investment summits, most of the programming is actually geared at training investors. The entrepreneurs, they learn and they get a lot of value out of the hands-on experience, talking to investors. It's a great approachable way for them to get feedback and build relationships with real investors. But we don't actually offer the entrepreneurs a whole lot of formal programming. So we really are reliant and positioned to work collaboratively with people like Startup Edmonton or the new accelerators in town. And so when the entrepreneurs need some additional program and support, we refer them directly to the appropriate group. But for the investors, those are the ones that we kind of focus on. So I think we have a a, a niche in the market there. And then in terms of like long-term sustainability, honestly, it's going to be a combination of the factors I already described, which are grants, uh, corporate and community donations or sponsorships, program fees, And then the last one, which I actually put a teaser out just today on LinkedIn, is um, a venture capital fund that could be co-investing with the angels and sharing some of their management fees directly with the not-for-profit organization. If I can just hone in on one thing that I really liked about what you said around the training for the angel investor community, uh, I do think that that's huge. I know, you know, when you talk to entrepreneurs that are growing their businesses beyond just kind of the initial product market fit startup segment, they're always saying that in Edmonton, we lack uh, we lack capital and we lack mid-level to senior level talent. And I think, you know, it's all of a bit of a chicken and egg scenario, but with the capital, you know, it's really great to see companies like Sprout developing a local fund, you guys. So if I wanted to be an angel investor, if I wanted to start doing that, if I had some extra dollars laying around, how could I learn or be an observer before I'm an active investor through Startup TNT? Yeah. And, you know, activating this, what's sometimes called latent capital, sort of like the wealth that's on the sidelines, but maybe is less familiar with startup investing, uh, but maybe curious and wants to get involved. That is a really, really important component of the ecosystem. And that's something that we're very much focused on. And so there are some key things to consider, some of, some of which I can't change. And one of the most important one is that to participate in these angel deals, you have to be an accredited investor, which basically means, you, you know, you meet certain 
financial thresholds from either an income or an overall wealth viewpoint uh, that allows you to participate. But our investors are only putting in $5,000 as a starting point. So when it comes to the approachability of angel investing, you know, this is one of the most approachable ways to do it. You know, if you're if you unfortunately at this point in your life don't meet the criteria to be an accredited investor, you can of course join us for the pitch nights. Um, you can of course join us for the uh, the happy hours. And what you might be able to do is partner with someone. You know, if you like, we have this all the time where people come in as like a family unit and they'll just assign like one person or maybe two people to participate. So, you know, if you yourself aren't personally accredited, but maybe your parents are or your family is, like, you might be able to participate through them. And frankly, there's a lot, a lot of wealth out there that is kind of on the lower end of accredited, if you will. You have to make quite a bit of money, like two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars a year, or have a, a net financial assets of over a million dollars. But there's actually a lot of like young and growing professionals that are me- that are meeting those thresholds these days. And a lot of your parents might not realize it, but they might very well be accredited. Uh, you know, if they're retired and sixty five plus, a lot of them are in fact accredited just through their like their their stock market assets, things like that. Mm-hmm. Zach, so obviously you're really working to you know, grow the next generation of champions for this ecosystem so that it doesn't, uh, so that it can keep growing and, and keep getting bigger. What are the challenges of doing that? Well, you know what? I, I'd say right now, as an organization, we face the type of growing pains and challenges that many like fast-paced startups face, which is, you know, we've gone from kind of like a scrappy, small group where most of the knowledge and expertise is almost in-house or in the minds of a few of us. And now as we try and replicate the magic that we did in Edmonton, uh, in Calgary, Saskatoon, Regina, and beyond, we have to think about, okay, well, how do we how do we formalize what we've done? Like, what are the key kind of frameworks and pieces that we need to do um, as we grow? And so, you know, there's, there's, there's that very challenging sort of operational piece. And then there's the constant challenge of to expand your growth, you, you probably need more money than you have today. And so there's this constant sort of cash flow challenge. Um, so I say those are the kind of the, the two challenges we're facing as an organization. But I'm actually really excited about those challenges because, you know, I get to experience personally for the first time, you know, everything that any entrepreneur faces, which is, you know, has always been my dream, actually, which is to, to build a startup. I do want to touch back so we don't leave it. You mentioned um, launching a VC fund with Tim. Can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Honestly, that is one thing that I've always wanted to do. So, you know, when we first launched this thing, uh, just as a happy hour, I was always thinking, how can we get more money off the sidelines and invested into local deals? How we can get more private citizens investing in the great entrepreneurs from our region? Um, and I honestly always wanted to build a fund of some kind. I always believed that there should be a fund for Edmonton entrepreneurs as an example. And I didn't really know how to get started. And we started with the Angel Summits because I went down to this conference in Calgary and I saw a presentation from a group out of Seattle that was running something called the Seattle Angel Conference. And you know, instead of trying to get fifty or $250,000 checks from investors, they were just collecting $5,000 checks. And they were just focused on angel investors and training up the angel community. Um, And I was like, okay, this I can do. I I don't personally, this was two and a half years ago, three years ago. I don't personally have the track record to raise a proper venture capital fund. And that's like a daunting task I don't know how to do. But I did have a lot of connections in the angel community. I had a lot of connections to the startup community. I was running a happy hour. And I was like, we can do this angel summit concept where we get 20 to 25 people each put $5,000 in the hat. 
And, you know, and that was Summit One. And that raised, actually, that ended up raising between $250,000 and $300,000 for a few companies, um, including great local companies in Edmonton like Drug Bank and Future Fields and 2S Water. And now here we are two years later. And from that initial summit, which was only about $300,000, we've now done 10 summits, $5 million, 34 deals. We now have over 200 investors that have participated. And I know one of the common things we hear from investors is, you know, this is great, Zach, but I don't have time to participate. Um, and so we really view the VC fund as a way to complement what the investors are doing, where it, it could release more sort of more of that latent capital that doesn't have the time to participate, but wants to put money in. It could help train a more sophisticated VC community here in Edmonton and here across Western Canada now, um, where you have up and coming venture capitalists um, that may want to launch their own funds one day, be part of our venture capital fund. And we're building out that capacity. There's been there's more venture capital funds growing in Alberta right now than there's ever been that I'm aware of in our history. And that's really exciting. And there's an opportunity to, to do more of that. You also have the opportunity to complement what the angels are doing with a proper fund where the fund managers and the partners are supporting the deals. So from an angel's perspective, you're investing in a company that now is also getting support from a VC fund, from like a sister VC fund that is independent, but connected to Startup TNT. And so for all those reasons, you know, I really believe that the fund can be like kind of the final and, and really important completion of, of our goals. And then the last thing is the work that you're doing at Startup TNT is really community building work. You're, you're building relationships with both entrepreneurs and investors at these very, very early days. You have companies that come to one summit or to one happy hour, go back, work on their deals, work on their companies. And then a year, maybe even two years later, here they are again, and they're raising capital. And you know it's a long, low journey. And so if a VC fund is participating in that uh, and is able to share some of its management fees and um, carry that it gets through successful exits, it can share some of that back with Startup Team T, the not-for-profit. That becomes this is a now a long-term sustainable revenue model for Startup TNT, the not-for-profit. In terms of the fund, it will be under like the Startup TNT umbrella, I guess would be a way to explain it. Is that correct? Well, it's going to be independent. I mean, to be honest with you, the short answer to your question is we are working through these details right now, uh, okay. which is why we haven't formally launched the fund yet. Um, what is the best way to structure it? Because like I said, there are some key principles here, which is the fund is supposed to be complementing the work of the not-for-profit and supporting that work. And so I think we're landing on it would be independent from the not-for-profit organization as a separate for-profit entity, but it would be sharing some of its profits back, back into the not-for-profit. Okay. And, and when do you think you're going to launch it? In 2022. Our, actually, our goal is to have a first close by the end of June. That's our, that's our target. Public commitment. You can put that on the podcast. Public commitment. Zach and Tim want a first we'll close hold you by the end of June. We'll have you back on so, oh, yeah, in now, June. Now I'm held accountable. I'm held accountable. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, I will, I will say, Zach, one, I, there's two things that are really exciting about you know everything that you talk about. And the first is that you are definitely approaching this like a startup and making things feel not easy necessarily, but very natural, like very natural progressions uh, when you're proving something out and then growing it and scaling it. So I love that. And second is you're very clearly investing in what you're asking other people to invest in, which I think makes it easier for other people to invest in it. Because if a founder is not willing to 
put some money into their own idea in some way, shape or form, it's really hard to ask other people to do that too. And so I love that. When I think about what's happening for you beyond just this fund, I know you know, you, we know you have your clean tech and life sciences summits coming up uh, just shortly here, but what else is on the docket for 2022 and beyond? I mean, it's not like it's not enough that you're raising a VC fund and, and growing and expanding, <laughs> yeah, but what like, else what do else you doing? <laughs> Think big here. <laughs> that, is, that is not enough, is it? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So launching a VC fund, honestly, so that's going to be a pretty big undertaking. Our currently plan is to run nine summits in 2022. So we've got the life sciences summit. We've got the clean tech summit. That's all happening in March and April. Uh, and then in the spring, we have Edmonton, Calgary, and Saskatchewan all running their own summits simultaneously. We run these kind of under our, our marquee banner, Startup TNT Investment Summit, but they're really run as three independent summits that are connected and happen and running in parallel. And then we're going to do that again in the fall. And so what we'd really like to do is add an additional region in the fall. And so we're in early conversations with people from Manitoba. It's kind of like the natural next step if we get the... All, all the prairie provinces together under one banner, um, that would be that would be really spectacular. So that's kind of the other big picture goal we're going after. Um, and you know, to do that effectively requires us internally to have good systems and processes in place to kind of learn learn the system. So you know, that's kind of more of like an, an internal component to it, but really professionalizing and standardizing and systematizing um, how we do things. So everybody, everybody, anywhere. If you're at a Startup TNT happy hour, if you're at a Startup TNT pitch night, if you're at a Startup TNT investment summit, you know, you're getting a similar type of experience that you love. And it feels like getting together with old friends. It feels like making new friends and you're left feeling energized and excited. And, you know, how do we ensure that everyone who's touching Startup TNT feels that way at any event that we run? Would you like Startup TNT to um, be across Canada at some point? Absolutely. I think uh, there's no reason why it can't happen. You know, one of the things that we really focused on from the beginning and we continue to focus on is looking at what you might call the rising star ecosystems. You know, you know, communities like Edmonton or Calgary or Saskatoon, you know, that aren't the the front page news that aren't really known as like uh, the meccas of a of a country startup community. But there's a lot of potential here. And, you know, they're kind of the hidden gems and there's lots of great deals to be had here. Um, and from an investor's perspective, if you're investing in all of the up and coming deals out of these sort of smaller, uh, high potential ecosystems like that, that's a really good investment thesis. At least that's our hypothesis. We Our hypothesis is that's a great investment thesis. There's lots of great potential in those, in those regions, those kind of up and coming regions. And that's where our focus is. And I think that's where it will continue to be. Well, I, I agree with um, the up and coming cities, communities thesis, because I think that part of the reason we're up and coming is not because we haven't had a lot of innovation happening, but it's just because we haven't necessarily had um, the loudest voice on the podium. And, you know, I say this all the time about Alberta is like, we're just too humble for our own good. And that's becoming a detrimental. And so it's not about like learning to be more confident. It's like, if you got, if we want to make global companies, we have to learn to speak in a way that is globally relevant. And a lot of that is just kind of getting over this, you know, build it and they will come kind of attitude. And it's nice to see that so many companies are doing it and hopefully it's inspiring more. Um, and the last last thing I'll say about the investment summits, and this is very selfish because I own a CPG brand, but I do think if you're focused on the prairies, there needs to be, somebody needs to be focused on food innovation from a CPG standpoint. And so if you're ever interested in doing an investment summit around that, I am happy to help 
and do whatever I can on that one because I think it's it's definitely a missed opportunity for uh, the Prairie Provinces. Well, thank you, Fiza. You know, we love these sector summits because they are a way for investors to learn about, you know, a different sector or industry that maybe faces some unique challenges or is maybe less common in like kind of that traditional tech startup mindset, IT-based tech company. You know, and honestly, it's a great opportunity to to uh, meet companies and help support communities that are a little bit more intimidated from our regular summit. So I love everything you're saying. You know, I've been I've really enjoyed the Life Sciences Summit, really enjoyed the Clean Tech Summit. So an ag tech summit, a food tech summit, all, you know, all these all these things are on the in the cards. Let's say for sure. You heard right. it here first. <laughs> Coming summer 2022. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. That might be quick. <laughs> so, many, so many public declarations on this podcast. I got to be careful. <laughs> all we do around here, we just hold people accountable, <laughs> force them into something, and then hold them to it. Oh, first, we have a CEO camp. Next, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're full of ideas. Oh, Zach, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Emily. And thank you, Pfizer. Really enjoyed this. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. Here is a word from our sponsor. Innovate Edmonton, we are elevating our city as a global capital of innovation, a thriving center of inspiration, ingenuity, and growth. Our role is to empower you as local innovators, connecting you to capital and customers, helping you to achieve your goals and make a global impact. We're supporting career-defining jobs for a rapidly changing world where companies, consumers, and investors are looking for a triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity. When global investment looks at Edmonton, we can demonstrate an innovation ecosystem working in harmony with healthy access to capital, collaborative communities, and a competitive spirit. Go to innovateedmonton.com today to learn how to accelerate your business. So into headlines from the past week or so, Norquest College has launched what they're saying is the country's first machine learning two-year diploma with the aim to meet the demand for skills and talent in this sector. So the diploma is going to offer a mix of technical and business skills uh, from everything covering programming to data, business training and ethics. And the goal, it, they're saying, is really to teach students how to work with data and apply machine learning approaches, but also to understand business needs in a way that can help them use those skills effectively. So in the, in the release that um, Amy put out about this, because they are uh, supporting the project, which is also, and it's also funded by Prairies Canada, but in the release from Amy, who is supporting this project, um, Norquest said that the students are really going to be acting as translators within organizations. So it's the aim is to create this bridge between uh, businesses' technical and operations side. So I think a really interesting program and uh, obviously over two years. So hopefully will be more accessible for people who may already be working in, in another industry like nursing, et cetera, and just interested in potentially making that uh, career change. Yeah, I like I like where this is going because it's nice to see us building kind of the the entire depth of skills that are needed in any sort of 
sector-based career. So, you know, I know we've got a lot of strength in the PhDs and the students that come out of the U of A from, you know, more of that higher level deep expertise. But then I think this will help get a few folks within a company that can actually, up, you know, help support those experts and, and do things that are a little bit more practical on the business side. So it's great to see. Yeah. And certainly, like, I feel like I've just more and more conversations with people about the need for skills and talent and certainly outpacing, demand outpacing supply. So I think um, being able to bridge that gap will, or finding new innovative ways to bridge that gap is important. As well, the other item I wanted to mention was the provincial government is launching a new working group um, that is planning to engage with leaders and residents about revitalization and investment in the Edmonton region. It's called the Edmonton Metro Region Economic Recovery Working Group, and it has a number of different players on it. Uh, what do you think about this? Um you know, I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I read the release last week and they've certainly got some great people uh, representing the region, including Lisa Baroldi from BOMA and Ashlyn Bernier from uh, Samdesk and also from Innovate Edmonton. But I'm still, you know, I, I, I'm a little skeptical in that I see a lot of these working groups and it seems like we pull from a lot of the same pool to populate them, but then we don't always see on our side, I think the dots connected on the actions. So I think Mm -hmm. I'm more interested to see what the outcomes are of this working group and how they're going to be kind of put into play quickly, because obviously every economy has taken a huge beating uh, throughout COVID and it'd be really nice to see how quickly people in Edmonton can bounce back. Right. Yeah, no, I think um, I think they're expected to submit that final report uh, by by summer of 2022, if I'm not wrong. So hopefully that'll be there quickly. And I think it's just like you said, the case of maybe having less conversations and actually getting to work on on some of this stuff um, will be Mm -hmm. important to see. Uh, last thing here, Startup Edmonton has announced its fifth Propel cohort that will participate um, in its 12-week excel- pre-accelerator program, uh, which is designed to support tech entrepreneurs as they solidify their business foundations and prepare to apply for accelerators investment um, and hope to increase their revenue as well. So those companies are Adu Unmi Skincare, Complete Solutions, Consulting International Incorporated, D Leo Incorporated, Fairly Staffing, Flit. Resource, SN Biomedical, Team CarePal, ValueLaw.ca, and UTech Solution. So that will be running from February 28th, so starting pretty soon here, through to May 20th, uh, 2022. And that's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. You can also visit taprootedmonton.ca for the latest innovation news. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Dave Von Beeker and cover art by Vicky Wersinski. Mm-hmm.